Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Buckeye fans, and welcome to another episode of the Bucknuts Happy Hour. I am Patrick Murphy from Bucknuts and 24-7 Sports. We're going to talk some Buckeyes today. I apologize, we did not have a show last week. I was pretty sick, and then we did do a brief thing with Bill Curlick after the James Laurinaitis news. We didn't have a full happy hour, so I'm excited to be back this week uh, coming to you guys here. We're going to talk about the Buckeye coaching staff because it is now complete, at least the 10 assistant coaches, and kind of go through each one, set our expectations for, for each coach. I'm going to be joined by Tim Hall later on in the show, and I'll ask him a few questions about the new Buckeye coaches, because we got to talk to them this past week, and Tim was there on his birthday, I may add, working on his birthday. And then we're going to talk a little bit hoops. Uh, what can we expect the rest of the way? What are the what should what should we expect from this Buckeye basketball team the rest of the way after a win against Purdue last Sunday and then losing Thursday night at Minnesota? But we'll get into all that uh, in in just a little bit here when Timmy joins the show. I do want to talk about uh, Manscaped here, and I know that you hear about it from uh from a lot of the guys but i have some personal experience here 2024 is here and in full swing and that means it's time for a new year's resolution check-in with our friends at manscape newsflash it's never too late to level up your grooming game and keep your bush tamed manscape's new lawnmower 5.0 ultra is every man's cheat code to look good feel good and turn the page on confidence this year whether you're going for a trim or that clean shaven look this trimmer has you covered. Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, now is your time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code BUCKNUTS, that's B-U-C-K-N-U-T-S, for 20% off plus free shipping. The ball has dropped, but you don't drop the ball on your balls. I am a Manscaped user. I've been a Manscaped user from well before they were a sponsor of the show uh, you can tell, got quite the beard. It grows in fast. If I want to keep it uh, trimmed, keep it clean, Manscaped does the job for me. I'm not just saying that. I use it regularly. Get 20% off and free shipping with code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. Embrace a new you and definitely embrace a new trimmer. Embrace a new trimmer, courtesy of Manscaped. All right, let's get into some Buckeye talk here. Like I said, I wanted to dive into the assistant coaches because there's been some changes, as we know. We've talked about some of them on this show already. Uh, but now that 10-team assistant coaching staff is in place for the Buckeyes for 2024, unless we get some crazy surprises, we've seen a few of those. Uh, Bill O'Brien, obviously, on the staff for three weeks. Even some around the country. Corey Dennis, former quarterbacks coach, left to be an analyst at Utah, just wrote today he is now at Ole Miss in that role under Lane Kiffin. So. 
things happen, right? But we think this is going to be the staff that Ohio State will roll with in 2024. And if I do say so, I believe it's a pretty good one. Uh, let's start on the offensive side of the ball. We'll kind of work our way through each guy. And we'll begin with Chip Kelly, the newest hire, the man who was brought in to replace uh, Bill O'Brien after three weeks. And we, we've talked about him a decent amount. So I won't spend a ton of time on Chip Kelly because there's there's been plenty of talk that the – or the, um, about him, but look, Chip Kelly has, has kind of had different segments of his career, right? He was an exciting up and coming offensive coordinator, worked with Ryan day. He then, um, went on to become a head coach. Everyone knows what he did at Oregon. He left Oregon in a pretty good spot that most of his players were on Mark Helfish's team that played Ohio state in the national championship in 2014. Um, so we've seen, the best of Chip Kelly. He then went to the NFL. He had some success there with the Philadelphia Eagles. It wasn't quite the success he hoped. Was out after a few years, went to San Francisco, did not have success there. Comes back to college. I think you can argue mixed bag at UCLA, but we don't really need to worry about Chip Kelly as the head coach, right? Chip Kelly is here in Columbus as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So what does that look like? For the Buckeyes, uh, I think it is a pretty good match if you think about what the Buckeyes needed. And, and it's similar to what we talked about with Bill O'Brien, by the way. Forgot Paps Blue Ribbon today. Cheers. Mm, goes down easy. But what Chip Kelly brings is he, A, is someone Ryan Day trusts. Obviously, they've worked together at various levels. He was on his staff with the Eagles at the 49ers before he came to Ohio State, Day was on Kelly's staff. Now the now things are flipped. And Chip Kelly knows Ryan Day. He understands what he thinks about offensive football. In fact, Ryan Day's offensive football philosophies were in part built by Chip Kelly's thinkings of offensive football. So I think that that part of it, the, the idea that you needed someone to come in and take over the offense that Ryan Day trusts so he could be the CEO and, and kind of have his hands in, in more bags and not have to worry so much about the offense, check that box. If you think about what Chip Kelly brings offensively, he has worked with quarterbacks in the past, though that hasn't been the extensive part of his career. So the quarterback coach part of his job, he, he he's done that. You still have Ryan Day in the building. You still have Todd Fitch, the analyst, um, who can help with quarterbacks as well. Where I think Chip Kelly will help the most is in the run game. If, if you look back at his teams and how they have run the ball, they have almost always been very successful. And even with inferior talent at UCLA last year, the last few years, uh, Chip Kelly's teams were still pretty good when it comes to rush offense. Uh, UCLA ranked number 17 in the country in rushing offense, averaging 197.92 yards per game last year. I State ranked 88th. Uh, if you want to go back further, UCLA in uh, 2021, number six in the country, or sorry, 2022, uh, 2021, number 14. We could go on, but I think you get the point. So I think you you marry the ideas of what Ryan Day already has established, specifically in the past game, with what Chip Kelly has, some tweaks maybe he can make to things, and then what he can bring with ideas in the run game. Then you've got what at least on paper appears to be a pretty good match, right? I think it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I've, I've heard people talk about Chip Kelly, the recruiter. Look, I think there were similar questions about Bill O'Brien, right? Now, Bill O'Brien had the ability to say, I've worked with Tom Brady. I worked with uh, Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner. You know, so there were some things he could point to more apparently in recruiting. But ultimately, like Jim Knowles on the defensive side of the ball, Chip Kelly is here to run the offense and go from there. The, the recruiting side is something he definitely has to do, but you have other guys, Ryan Day, Brian Hartline, to just to name a couple on the offensive side of the ball that can help out where needed in, in that capacity. That doesn't mean Chip Kelly won't have to recruit. He certainly will. Jim Knowles still has to recruit, but Chip Kelly, not the fondest of recruiting from, from lots of reports. So, you know, he will have to get the get do enough of a job to allow Brian Hartline, Ryan Day, whoever it may be, to come in and kind of close the deal. 
So I like this Chip Kelly hire a lot. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see the dynamic between him and Ryan Day. Obviously, as I said, it's kind of flipped the uh, the dynamics between the two of them just because one was the head coach and the other was the offensive coordinator before. Now it's the other way around. Ryan Day's the head coach. Chip Kelly's the offensive coordinator. So how that relationship kind of develops in, in a new way will be interesting to follow. Uh, co-offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach, Brian Hartline. Not much to say here. Everyone knows what Brian Hartline brings to this program. Uh, you know, obviously one of the best wide receiver coaches in the country, promoted to offensive coordinator last season. I've seen some people ask um, on our message boards and things about Brian Hartline sort of getting demoted to co-offensive coordinator. And, and I don't think, I haven't talked to Brian Hartline about this, but I can't imagine that this wasn't something that was discussed with Brian Hartline before a Bill O'Brien and, and subsequently a Chip Kelly was brought in. I think that, uh, you know, if I'm Brian Hartline, I would welcome a veteran offensive coordinator to come in and kind of show me the ropes because, you know, Ryan Day was the guy last year kind of helping out in that capacity. And, you know, he, again, being pulled in a lot of different directions. Now you have a person who is there to be the offensive coordinator, also coach quarterbacks that you can kind of learn from. And, you know, maybe the next step then if, and when Chip Kelly moves on is to, promote Brian Hartline. And then he has some experience having seen how that works working hand in hand um, in terms of wide receivers. Keep doing what you're doing, Brian. It's, it's as simple as that. Uh, I, I think the most amazing thing about what he's been able to do is that he continues to have guys come in that want, are willing to wait their turn. Not all of them, but most of them. Uh, the culture in that room is about as good as you'll find in college football. So no questions about Brian Hartline. The expectations are what they are and, and he's going to keep meeting them. I imagine uh, Tony Alford, um, I saw that uh, here we got a question earlier. Jermaine H. Runnels, why wasn't Alford extended? Uh, I would have to look back at Tony's contract, but I imagine it just wasn't time for an extension at this point. Obviously, he's done a, a good job with the running backs. Now, there were some questions in recruiting, but I think he's responded to those. Uh, it's going to be a big year for this running game, and I, I talked about it with Chip Kelly uh, and what he can bring. You marry that with what Tony Alford has already done. And, and look, every year has not been great. I said it. Ohio State was number 88 in rushing last year. That doesn't all fall on, on Tony Alford. Obviously, the offensive line has to block. We'll get there in a minute. Um, but you, you, you need the production to increase this year, especially given what you've got in that room. Let's take a second to cheers here. Travion Henderson coming back for his senior year. Quinshawn Judkins coming from Ole Miss. You still have Dallin Hayden behind the two of them. This needs to be a year where the Buckeyes can really run the ball. Um, and, and I think I won't say pressures on Tony Alford because I, I certainly don't believe that's the case. I think he's proven what he can do, especially when the Buckeyes have an offensive line capable of opening holes on a consistent basis uh, with those running backs, but you've got the talent there and I think this this should be a big year for Tony Alford and his position room in terms of what they can do recruiting wise. Um, you know, he's he's done a good job. Obviously, Travion Henderson was the best running back in his class. Um, you were able to land two guys, James Peoples and Sam Williams Dixon in this class that I think people should be excited about. You know, James Peoples is uh, you know, your your true running back where Sam Williams Dixon can be a bit more of a you know, a gadget guy, maybe um, we'll see how he ends up where he ends up and stuff at Ohio state. But the, the idea there is that, or excuse me, Tony Alford's done a good job. Goody. Now he needs to keep it rolling and there have been some lean years, but I think you've seen more often than not, he's been able to handle uh, the expectations of being the Ohio state running backs coach, both on the field with what they put out there each week of, you know, look, Mayan Williams was a three-star guy, headed to the NFL. I'll be really interested to see where Mayan ends up getting drafted, but a guy who probably had a better career than a lot of people expected when he committed to Ohio state after flipping from, I think, I think it was Iowa state is where he was committed. Um, so I think Tony Alford, good spot. You know, I think you're happy with, with what he brings to the coaching staff and, and the production of his, his unit. 
Justin Fry. On the offensive side of the ball, I think this is probably the biggest question in terms of what you're getting from Justin Fry. Um, it's often hard for us to tell. We get questions all the time about like, you know, why is this guy still here and things like that? And, you know, sometimes the production isn't exactly what you need it to be on the field, but there are other reasons that, that a guy's involved. Um, I think when you look at Justin Fry, the, 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 the jury is still out. And I know he's been at Ohio state now a few years, uh, but this is a position room that takes time to develop. And it's not like he walked in to a room loaded with talent. Now it did have talent. You saw two seasons ago, Ohio state's offensive line, um, you know, kind of anchored on the ends by uh, Dewan Jones and Paris Johnson, two guys who, if you paid attention to the NFL this year, did pretty well. Uh, Luke Whippler at center, not as well in the NFL this rookie season, probably could have used another year in college. Uh, the production this past season was not what you hoped, I would say. Uh, but I do think, you know, if you really watched the offensive line play, Throughout the season, there was development. You know, Josh Simmons got better. Carson Hinsman got better. Uh, Donovan Jackson didn't start the season the way everyone hoped, but by the end of the season, was playing at a pretty high level. You know, Matthew Jones, a guy throughout his career who didn't get better. Josh Fryer's probably the guy who I'd look at and say, you hoped for more. You hoped for just a little bit more out of that. Uh, for, in terms of his development, maybe a guy who's playing tackle that should be a playing guard, who's pretty good at guard a couple of years ago. These are all things Justin Fry has to figure out um, this year heading into this season. But I, I, I just I'm not ready to, to make a call either way in terms of how I feel about Justin Fry. I think he's had a good season, a not so good season. But again, this is a developmental position. Now, when we look at recruiting and what he's done there. Uh, you've got, you know, the Luke Montgomery, Ian Moore, four-star guys, Gabe Van Sickle's a guy uh, that that's involved. It hasn't been out of hit, hitting it out of the park like you would hope from Ohio State, but I would also say that just based on the ratings of some of these guys versus the what Ohio state sees is sometimes different. And especially at an offensive line position that is hard to evaluate coming out of high school. And the guys that we send out or, you know, at other outlets uh, to scout guys, not always guys that, you know, grew up and, you know, I'm not docking anybody, but they didn't grow up playing that position, evaluating that position. So it's just a hard position to evaluate which is why it's hard to recruit. And so I would say, I want to see when we're talking about Justin Fry and his ability to recruit, I want to see what Luke Montgomery becomes. Um, I want to see what the Armstrong twins become. You know, the, these couple classes that Justin Fry's put together at Ohio state, you know, do they develop beyond what the recruiting rankings said? And, you know, that's when I think we can really start to evaluate Justin Fry, the recruiter. Now you still have to be getting it done on Saturdays in the fall and Ohio State's offensive line continues to be my biggest question mark heading into the 2024 season. So a big season for Justin Fry, no doubt. Uh, Corey Den, or excuse me, not Corey Dennis, Keenan Bailey, tight ends coach, only been doing this on a full-time level for one season. I think it was a fairly productive year for the tight ends. Um, Keenan Bailey's a, a rising star, and I don't know if he ends up coaching tight ends for a while or if he ends up moving around to different positions. I know that the Buckeyes really like him. I know that he's been a good recruiter for them. Um, and again, it's a one-year sample size. Cade Stover, kind of an up-and-down year dealing with injuries. This will be interesting to see. He brought in Will Kazmarek from Ohio University, a guy that I know they really like, um, probably more than, again, the recruiting rankings and a guy who probably is going to start for the Buckeyes. Can G. Scott take the next step? Where's Jelani Thurman, Bennett Christian? How are they coming along? A guy who, without being in the building every day, it's hard to really evaluate Keenan Bailey, but in talking to people, both players, other guys who coach with him, they are very excited about Keenan Bailey over there at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. And you know, I will take their word for it right now as, as you continue to build 
kind of a, a resume on Keenan Bailey. Cheers. As we flip to the defensive side, let's have a drink. All right. Larry Johnson, legendary defensive line coach. And I would say if you're looking at the, the two sides of the ball, the two guys people have the most questions about right now are Justin Fry on the offensive line and Larry Johnson on the defensive line. And that fair or unfair with Larry Johnson, um, you know, obviously his, his history and what he's done speaks for itself. Um, the production, maybe not what you wanted last season, last couple seasons, arguably on the defensive line. If you look at JT Tumalau, Jack Sawyer, should those be guys that are back for their senior years? In an ideal world, probably not. You, know, you could say the same thing about Zach Harrison. You know, did they develop the way that you hoped? Not all of that falls on the coach, the position coach, but a lot of it does. Now, I think you can say on the flip side of that, guy like Michael Hall Jr. headed off to the NFL after three years. Not a guy who was coming out of high school, expected to be a surefire three and done. Uh, Tyleek Williams and uh, the way that he developed last season, you know, arguably one of the best returning interior defensive linemen, at least in the Big Ten, maybe the country, Ty Hamilton and the way he's developed. So it's been, I would say, a mixed bag in terms of the development. Now, I also think it's important to point out, and, and I've said this before, so sorry if you've heard me say this, but the production of the defensive line isn't always statistically driven um, in terms of sacks and tackles for a loss and, and things like that. There's also There was also that shift in scheme somewhat under Jim Knowles. And I think that, especially last year, as the Buckeyes were a bit more conservative, the defensive line was asked to do some things. You know, sometimes it was, it was more about containment against some quarterbacks, things like that, where maybe you're not going to put up as big of numbers, but you're still doing your job. And Larry Johnson got a two-year contract extension just recently. I don't think Ryan Day is just handing those out, right? He has to earn that contract extension by the work he does every day and the production um, of those players, not statistics, but production. And Ryan Day seems to like what he is seeing. Now, part of that is also the recruitment factor. It's been reported by us and other places that Ohio State looked at bringing a assistant defensive line coach in um, as, as that 10th assistant. The Buckeyes did not end up doing that. We'll get to why in just a minute. Um, they did add Brandon Jordan, who's worked with Michigan State and uh, the Seattle Seahawks as a pass rush specialist. Uh, he will be on the staff this year. That just happened yesterday, I believe, on, on Thursday. Uh, so you do have somebody else kind of coming in, but but not a guy who maybe is necessarily a defensive line coach. Uh, but there is the issue in recruiting with Larry Johnson that he's 72 years old and teams are going to continue to tell guys that he's going to retire and he's not going to be your coach and this, that, and the other thing. And so the two-year contracts extension is a way to, you know, kind of combat that a little bit, I believe. Um, you know, look, I've got two years on my contract, two year extended on my contract. I'm going to be here through that. Don't worry about that. Um, uh, I think when Larry Johnson isn't battling those type of negative recruiting things, he can recruit with the best of them. And you've seen it. Obviously, you know, you could just go back a few years to Jack Sawyer and JT to allow two of the top five defensive ends in the country in that class. So I think that the, the, the questions about Larry Johnson are fair, but you have to kind of look at it big picture. This guy is, is a legendary coach. He's done some really good things. He continues to do good things. You can point to things that haven't gone as well also. And I would say that that, that needs to be cleaned up. Hopefully bringing in someone like Jordan can, can help, you know, get more production um, as they kind of merge, continue to merge Jim Knowles and Larry Johnson's philosophies together. That 10th assistant coach went to James Laurinaitis and Bill Curlick and I did a whole podcast um, uh, reaction podcast last week 
when James Laurinaitis was in the promotion for James Laurinaitis was announced. So I won't go too much into detail. You can go back and find that one if you want, but look, I think it's an awesome hire. I think there you've seen the success of guys like Brian Hartline, Tim Walton, who we'll get to former Buckeyes, former Buckeye players who come back and, you know, they just have a passion that, that for this program that you don't have if, if you didn't play for them. And that doesn't mean that, that you can't be a great coach here if you didn't play for Ohio state, but it's something a little different. James, unlike Brian and unlike Tim was one of the best linebackers in the NFL at one point in time. He's the all-time tackling leader for the St. Louis Rams, um, played eight years, wanted to play longer. I wrote a story about him earlier this week about kind of how he got to this point. And, and, you know, he wants to coach. There's no question about that. If there was before I've seen James Laurinaitis on the field, coaching guys, I have no doubt that he will be successful and the recruiting I, I think is going to really pick up at this position because who wouldn't want to play? If you've ever talked to James Laurinaitis, who wouldn't want to play for James Laurinaitis? And he's going to sell the hell out of this Buckeye program. Cheers. Take the drink. All right. Uh, moving on back. Tim Walton. I mentioned it. Killing it. Absolutely killing it. After his first year, maybe some questions. Uh, you know, not a great season for the cornerbacks, some injuries, things like that. Last season, much improved. Denzel Burke, all big 10 guy who could be all American this year. Davison Igbenosin comes in, plays at a very high level as well. Jordan Hancock, especially as he's got to play more, what was outstanding. Uh, he's developing some of those young guys. We've seen a little bit, you know, Jermaine Matthews started against Penn state and the recruiting. We talked about this on a, on a previous show. The recruiting is, is off the charts already has, I believe it's three of the top 10 guys in the 20 uh, corner in the 2025 class committed to Ohio state. Uh, you know, guys love this, love to love this guy, love to play for this guy. Um, you know, the, the expectations for him are keep raising that ceiling. Uh, I wrote a story, uh, I think last month about, you know, helping him helping to bring BIA back. And I think that's very much the case with, uh, what, Tim Walton is bringing to this program. You know, I think he is your Brian Hartline on the other side of the ball, um, or at least he's trending in that direction. And if he can keep that going, you know, you've got some, 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 something real good going there. And those battles between Brian Hartline's wide receivers and Tim Walton's corners already good only should get better with the way he's recruiting and the way he's developing guys. So, you know, I really like Tim Walton safeties. Matt Guerreri, we got to talk to him this past week. I'm going to ask Tim his impressions a little bit of, of him and Laurenitis when they when Tim gets on here. But I was impressed with with what I heard. Um, you know, this is a guy who who's done this before. You know, he's a young guy, but he was a defensive coordinator at Duke. Uh, coach safeties at Duke was a co-defensive coordinator at Indiana last season. So you know, there are some some defensive minds. Tom Allen, the head coach at Indiana picked him out, you know, a guy who had just the, that year had, had been on the Ohio state staff as an analyst, or I, I forget his exact title um, to help J, uh, Jim Knowles kind of bring the defense in, went with Kevin Wilson to Tulsa and Tom Allen made the call, wanted him in, in Bloomington, got him there. Now Indiana's defense wasn't good last year. Uh, I would be interested to see what would have happened if, if Matt Guerrero had hung around a few years and kind of, if he could turn things around, but he's, Back in Ohio, he's from Cleveland. I think it's Willoughby, Ohio, um, up north. He's excited about being back at Ohio State. And, you know, now we're going to need to see it, right? The the production at safety is going to have to continue. It was good last year under Perry Eliano. And probably the biggest thing is going to be recruiting. Um, the... The, the reason Perry Eliano primarily isn't still there is, is he's missed on some, some prospects Ohio state thought they should have landed. And so you need to, you need to hit on that. Um, he's already been out on the road. He was involved in though. I would give a little bit more of the credit to Tim Walton uh, just because of the the process, but he's involved in the Caleb downs uh, recruitment. And when he was in the transfer portal and, you know, if you're Matt Guerrero, hit the ground running. You've got Tim Walton there that you work hand in hand with as, as secondary coaches do whatever he's doing. 
try and do it better is what I would say. Uh, but because the expectation, especially with Caleb Downs now in that safety room, is not going to decrease. And there's talent there, no doubt about that. He's got talent to work with. Last guy, Jim Knowles, defensive coordinator, obviously. Look, I think it's it's hard to argue with what Jim Knowles has done if you know the the if you don't have the big plays at the end of the 2022 season, and I know you can't just take those out. I think people are really excited about Jim Knowles. Uh, the defense took a huge jump to one of the better, I think it was top 15 in the country in terms of statistically from 2021 to 2022. It was just those big plays, right? And so last year, Jim Knowles corrects, case corrects to try and uh, eliminate those big plays. Successful. They, the mission accomplished. But now you've got to figure out a way where you can, you know, they, they, they did that by putting a shell on the back of the defense, not letting things in behind. Now, how can you take what Jim Knowles wants to do and be aggressive and have some different things, um, you know, up his sleeve and still not give up those big plays. And I think that's going to be the, the next step for Jim Knowles's defense. Where can you be aggressive? When can you be aggressive without, costing your team in the biggest games because you know you can be aggressive against indiana you can be aggressive you know those teams aren't going to burn you and if they do you're going to be able to come back the other way with the offense and score so it will be about figuring out a way in the biggest games the michigan game college football playoff when you go out to oregon uh penn state those type of games how do you how do you blend together the, the Jim Knowles concepts with not being too aggressive. And, you know, that's the only thing I think that I'm still waiting to see from Jim Knowles because, you know, the, the production, I mean, the Buckeyes, hands down, one of the best defenses in the country last year. Uh, I don't think that you could make any argument against that. And, and obviously Jim Knowles is the one leading the way and, you know, making those calls and all that. And I think his time adapting to the Big Ten – um, you know, it, 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 it took a minute. He'd, he'd not dealt with this conference and kind of the, the differences that you can have from week to week in terms of the offenses you face going from, uh, you know, spread offense one week to a Wisconsin power offense the next week. I mean, look, Indiana threw the option at them, right? <laughs> like, and they, they managed to handle that. Okay. So, uh, I, you know, I think Jim Knowles just needs to, to bring it all together and figure out what, this Ohio state defense is going to be under him going forward. And you know, you do that. I think you're, you're in a pretty good spot. So I'd say overall, if you're a Buckeye fan, you're pretty excited about this coaching staff and what, uh, what you've got there. Uh, you know, it's, we're going to have to wait obviously until Saturdays this fall, but uh, there's certainly reasons to be excited about it. Uh Got another promo here. I uh, have been in recent, let's say the last year, maybe, maybe a year and a half. I've been trying to change the way I snack. I have always been a bit of a snacker, but as I've gotten older, it's become some of the things I like to snack on have become uh, not a good idea. And one of the ways that I've tried to supplement that is, is when I do get hungry and need a snack, I've gone to nuts. Um, and I think, you know, it's a, it's a healthier alternative that still fills you up. And so I was excited when we got a partnership with nuts.com, um, nuts.com is your one-stop shop for freshly roasted nuts, dried fruit, sweets, pantry staples, like specialty flowers and more. Their wide selection means there's something for everyone at nuts.com quality is top priority. They roast their nuts and pop their corn the same day at ships, so they reach you deliciously fresh, satisfaction guaranteed. Uh, they also have gluten-free options, organic choices. Look, I think, like I said, it's a good snack without, uh, you know, you're not popping M&Ms or, or whatever your guilty pleasure candy may be, and I've certainly had them. Right now, Nuts.com is offering new customers a free gift with the purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more at Nuts.com backslash Bucknuts. 
So go check out all of the delicious options at nuts.com backslash bucknuts. You'll receive a free gift and free shipping when you spend $29 or more. That's nuts.com backslash bucknuts. Speaking of nuts, Timmy Hall. How we doing, Tim? No, no. I mean, I have heard from many, many people how much you adore nuts, how much you love nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one, one thing that's out there about you, Pat. Yep. It's pretty funny. Uh, we are Buck Nuts. Uh, yeah. One of our sponsors, yeah. nuts.com. The other one I read earlier, Manscaped. You do the math there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I also love the Nut House. You know, one of my yeah. favorite places on campus is that, that Nut House section for basketball before, games. Before we get to basketball, I do want to talk basketball with you mostly. But I do want to ask just your impressions. You were there on – uh, the other day with with James Laurinaitis and Matt Guerreri uh, on your birthday, by the way. Happy belated. Uh, Thank you, Pat. Appreciate just, it. You're welcome. Uh, just your general impressions of getting to talk to those guys and uh, what you think. What what what'd you think of it? I think, Pat, this could be said for almost everybody they put out there recently. I thought the same thing. Uh, who all was in that last gaggle of players? that they let us talk to. It was Transfers. Will Howard, Quinshawn Judkins, Caleb Downs, Seth McLaughlin, yep. you know, uh, am I missing anybody, Pat? Will Kazmarek. Kazmarek, the tight end from OU. Yep. And I thought, I thought that then, I don't know what's more impressive when it's younger guys that are still in their twenties that still have a lot of growing up and a lot of maturing to do. But I think you're seeing now college football is such a business. It almost forces you to turn into a mature adult because you're making money. You're trying to think about your future and how can you maximize that? So I was impressed by those players yeah. and just how professional they all sounded, how polite they were, how good they are at dealing with the media, just great sound bites, you know, for someone that's in radio, right? Like when I get, you know, take the audio back here and I sit down to go and edit it, guys speak really well. It, it It's fun sound to edit. You know, they're giving us good comments. And then with James Laurinaitis and Matt Guerreri, just the other day, like you mentioned, I just, you know, these guys are going to be paid to go out there and recruit, right? And spread the good word of Ohio State football yeah. and tell their stories and try to connect to these players and sell them on why Ohio State's going to be the best place for them to win football games, but also get themselves ready for, for the next level. And I just I was blown away by how easy those guys were to listen to. I mean, James, James could go like you can hear the radio host in him, right? I'll, I'll, I'll shut up in a second. But James was going for almost a minute and a half to two minutes on one question. Like that's how oh, many yeah. points and sub points he was making on anything you brought up to him. Like He could run the show, you know, like, and I just it stuck out like Guerrero, his past experience for just a 34 year old guy. Very impressive. But James just being one of the more famous former players that you're ever going to see, you know, join any staff, right. With what his accomplishments were in the game, you could just tell how much it meant to James to have this gig coaching the linebackers being sorry, not just coaching linebackers being the linebackers coach. There is a difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with everything you said there. I thought they were both very impressive. Obviously we'd know James from his time working with you guys at the fan and, BTN and being around the program last year. Uh, I got to know Matt a little bit when he was here. Uh, I won't say I knew him well, but so I spent most of my time over there talking with him and, you know, I thought they, they were very similar in a, they both have a passion for Ohio state, Matt Guerrero because he grew up in, in Cleveland and James obviously, cause he played here and they both are, are young, exciting guys who I think are going to offer a, a good amount to this program. So agreed with what you said. Yeah. Shall we talk some hoops? Hey man, it's your rodeo. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think is going on right now? Was that just not going to happen last night? Did they spend too much against Purdue? I guess we got our answer now for if the firing of Chris Holman did jolt that team with energy. I don't think it, there's any debate. It certainly did. I was still hopeful that they came out with a better brand of basketball against Minnesota because we were right back to it, Pat, where that's just – that's not good enough play for long enough is one of those phrases that Holtman used a lot yeah. shortly before he got fired. Got to play better, 
for longer. They didn't nearly do that. I mean, they had maybe 10 minutes of good play in the first half against Minnesota in the middle. Other than that, I mean, they were they were pretty bad for most of the game. A horrendous start, horrendous job going into the locker room when they tied the game in the first half. They never led. They led for zero seconds. They were tied for all about of a, a minute. And they just they didn't play good enough defense really at all in the game. No. And there were spells where they just had really bad shot selection, Pat. That's what, what it was at the end of the first half, taking some ugly shots. I said this, you could put together a low light of awful threes, balls that hit no rim but backboard, balls hitting the side of the backboard, air balls, short iron, just horrendous bricks from, from distance. Roddy still can't shoot. I mean, he's a decent player. He can make buckets, but he can't shoot. It's it's tough when your shooting guard can't shoot. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because he was shooting pretty well early in the season. Um, you know, now some of those games, I mean, you're not taking a high volume of threes, but I mean, you know, he was three or four against Penn State, one or two against Alabama. Um, you know, it, it was really that, you know, that struggle, I guess really the West Virginia game, he did score 32, but he was three of seven from three. And from then it has not been, you know, no one's shot well except for Jameson Battle, I guess. But um, to me, one of the things that really stood out was specifically in this game, when you rotate or when you go with the pace that they want to play at, and then you have to go as deep in your bench as they have back-to-back games where they've played 11 guys, you're playing some of those 11 guys or guys that aren't ready to go. Like Tayson Chapman, I know he's been hurt. He's not ready for this right now. Uh, he, you know, he had a couple, he made a good shot, but it, as soon as he got under pressure, it's, it's kind of panic mode. Uh, you know, Devin Royal, he's just limited in what he can do right now in terms of scoring, still not a great defender. I would say even Scotty Middleton, he hits those two threes and then kind of disappears the rest of the game. And, you know, this freshman class wasn't supposed to have to do a ton. And now, you you know, as you go into that bench, you're going to have to use them a little bit. And I don't know. I like the fast pace. I like that they're playing with more urgency under Jake Diebler. But I don't know how sustainable it is in terms of getting results. What do you think? Yeah, you're you're right about the freshman, Pat. I mean, uh, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter that this is a young roster and playing freshman makes you even younger. That's what you were building this team around, right? Yeah. The whole reason yeah. you chose to do this and have this experiment that failed was because you had two top eight recruiting classes in the country. Now, I think it is fair to question how good is this 2023 recruiting class that we're watching, these true freshmen, Totally fair to question that because at least some of these previous classes, I mean, you had a, a one and done NBA dude, which that props it up. And last year's class now had an NBA dude and Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale, who are starters for you right now. So that one is good. But like, like you said, you're just not seeing anything other than Devin Royal flashing a little bit offensively with his energy and how he goes after offensive glass and how he can score when he's pretty much anywhere inside the three point line. He's got a nose for scoring. But the reason he couldn't get on the court was because his defense was a weakness. And you saw that several times against Minnesota yeah. where he's confused on the switch, biting on a pump fake, an experienced big just taking him right to the rack, really making him look silly at times. Like you just got to, as a basketball player, whatever the coaches are telling you, you got to stiffen up a little bit and just be better defensively as a person. Uh, Taysom Chapman, same thing with his perimeter defense, blow by city all over the place. Scotty hit the two threes, you're right, but he actually missed a critical wide open three yeah. that could have cut it to four in the second half. And that's the thing. Like, I know, like, back on Roddy, he was five for seven last night. But, guys, I mean, he's he's able to drive and make some stuff at the rim. I get it. But he just – he's lost his touch. It's not just that he's missing threes. It's that he's not even hitting rim on some of these threes that are set shots and wide open. He, it, it, I don't know what to say, but to the freshman, it's – you can't really trust him. Like Devin's Devin looks the best, but yeah. it's really disappointing what, what you've gotten, what you've not gotten from Chapman, Middleton, 
and Royal, like all collectively. But I guess if there's one I want to see play a little bit more that I would live with, it would be Devin because of what he can provide offensively. Yeah, and I think, you know, he took a three last night and it was a corner Back three. Court. Yeah, but he <laughs> knew it as soon as he let it go and he went yeah. after the rebound. Now, he didn't get it. Yeah. So, like, you know, I think he is learning some things. Like, he has to take that shot, right? He's open. It gets yeah. kicked to him. You got to do it. And, you know, guys know a lot of times when it leaves their hand that that's not going in. And I like that he then went after it. Um, you know, I guess dovetailing off of that, what should be the expectation the rest of the way? Kind of given what where you are, um, you know, you got, what, four games left? two on the road, two at home. I mean, is it just win your home games and see what happens in the Big Ten tournament? Is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think you hit it. I mean, Pat, do you feel good? I mean, it it wore off. The shine wore off pretty quick. Yeah. And look, no, I'm not not blaming Jake Diebler for this. No. Not not at all. I, I, I think Jake is a really smart guy. And you know, it stinks how this opportunity came, but it was a really cool cool moment to see him get that that win over Purdue game one. And this guy is building a resume. You can tell he really wants to be a head coach someday. And there's a way that he could be a head coach this very next season. I mean, it all depends on what type of program he would be interested in taking over. Maybe he wants to be a top line assistant at one of the bigger basketball factories and use that as his stepping stone to get a job. But expectation wise. Yeah. I just, I wonder I really just am wondering how good is this team? And you know, it's a coach's job, not just to coach the team, but assemble the team too, sure. right? And that's what we get back and talked about, how this roster was constructed. I don't know if there's any you know, big-time coach in the country that could come in right now today and figure out how to get these guys you know, to the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament. So – I think, you know, there were some people that were really excited after that Purdue win, but I think we're right back to this is the team. They don't defend that well. There's not that many guys that can get hot shooting the ball from the outside. I see a, a user asking RM there about, you know, Bowen Hardman and where were his minutes. Yeah. It's a fair question. I don't know because for a guy that can give some more gravity like, like Jamison Battle can, I feel like he's – playing just as poor defense as Taysom Chapman on the perimeter, you know? So I think it's go to the better. Other. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit better. Go to the I other honestly, end of the floor. I, I thought about that during the game, or I actually it was after the game. I'm looking, as I'm writing, I'm looking at, at the box score. And like Chris Holtman said a few times, you know, I'd like to find more minutes for Bowen Hardman after he'd started playing him a little bit. Yeah, and Jake Diebler, he was earning it, he said. Yeah, practice. and Jake, Jake Diebler has mentioned it, I think, once. So like – why isn't that happening? I, that's a question I'm going to ask Jake the next time we talk to him is like, what, what yeah, isn't happening? Too. Because he, now he hasn't scored a ton, but when he's been on the court, guys have to pay attention to him. And he at least makes the effort defensively. He chases guys through screens. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Is he a great defender? No, but he's doing, doing what he's supposed to be doing out there. And so, you know, there must be something more. And I don't even know if it's something that we're going to get an answer to. Maybe it's, practice habits or, or, you know, things like that. But it just seems to me that there's no, there's no reason at this point not to throw a guy like that out, out there and, you know, give him some real minutes. And, and, you know, this was the thing that was going on around the, the station yesterday. And I guess it was hard not to, because there were some good feelings and we hadn't felt good about Buckeye men's basketball all year, really sure. since the all year as in 2024. So you give us a break, right. But there was a lot of taking it to the bank you know, that they were going to win that game last night, that the road streak was going to go down. But not only did it not go down, that score was not even as close as what the game was. I mean, what was it, 88-79, so nine-point margin. Yeah. That game was at 12 to 16 points in the, the middle part of the second half. And there was a, a, a spot there where uh, – why am I blanking on who, – who, who had the great game for Minnesota last night, the guard? Oh, um, uh, Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah. Thank you. Hawkins hit a three. One of the other guys hit a three back to back. And then it was like back to a 13 point game after the Bucks cut it to seven. They never really pushed and they extended that game, which I'm fine with doing, but that last two minutes, you know how much they extended that game. It took 17 minutes for the final two minutes to play out. Oh my goodness. 
in you know the, the last game that Chris Holtman coached in, they were only down eight with 90 seconds left, and they didn't foul. <laughs> they let like they let a shot clock and then 20 more seconds of Wisconsin shot clock evaporate. And then Bruce took like 21 seconds before he scored his bucket and game over. So yeah. uh, at least they did that and tried. I think this team's just gonna have to operate off of effort. Again, I don't I haven't loved the defensive effort, but I also think they're, they're just they're not connected there. I, I don't know how I'm saying that, but I, I haven't looked at this squad and said that they have given up or quit. You know, they're they're trying out there. They want to win. I just don't know if they're that good. Are you with me, Pat? I don't think they can win this Michigan State game coming up. I don't think they can beat Rutgers on the road. It's like you said, beat these, beat these teams at home and hope, hope for the best. Get some luck, at least, in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, you've got, what is it, uh, Michigan State Sunday, Nebraska and Michigan are your two home games, and then you yeah. end at Rutgers. Or, yeah, at Rutgers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I went into last night's game expecting them to lose. Like, it's a road game in the Big Ten. Until you prove me otherwise, I'm not believing that you're going to get 17 in a row. Yeah, which is it's nuts. Emba- it's, embar- it's embarrassing. And, like, I it's, do like to throw the – I do like to throw the caveat in there that they did win some of these neutral site games against some good teams. So, but you know, you've got to end this streak at some point and I don't know when it's going to happen. All right. I want to ask you real quick before you get out of here, I don't want to name, but what, if you can, if you're making this basketball hire, what type of coach are you looking for? Because I know I've seen a lot of names thrown out that probably aren't realistic for where this program's at. What what would be kind of your blueprint of what you think is realistic for the guy that can come in and take charge of this program and have some success? Yeah, and and, and look, I, I'll, I'll sound like a broken record now because people that have listened to the show or, or the, the podcast, Mad About Hoops, that me and Evil Bald Colin here do, we've we've been on this for a good week now. And so and so the the logical name that's in state, he's not the guy that, that we heard the dispatch reporting about with p- preliminary talks, although there's a world where I would not be upset with a candidate like Dusty May at Florida Atlantic because of, you know, what he's done in a short period of time at a place where basketball didn't have a whole lot of history. And he's taken Florida Atlantic to his, their first ever tournament. They played right here in Columbus, right after Fairleigh Dickinson knocked off Purdue. I was at that game, the very next game. And they go all the way to the final four. And he's having a good season. They're 21 and six as they brought a lot back from that team. And a lot of those guys too are also juniors, maybe like John L. Davis and that seven foot two guy, maybe he would bring them here, but he's the step down candidate. The most logical one with bigger experience that has done more for longer. I know people will come at me and say, well, what about the baggage that he brings from when he was at Arizona and the penalties and and everything? I've already organized that in my head, compartmentalized. Look, I'm a Kansas guy and what's going on there and all the all the finger point of what Bill Self and his assistant staff have done. I, I see that. I hear that. But but if that's all in the past, you're worried about will he ever do it again and you vet him and find out where he's at. It's about what kind of bench coach are you? What have you done with teams? going to Sweet 16s, going to Elite 8s, winning conference championships, being the coach of a blue blood, really accomplishing everything but the Final Four. So I would, for a logical get, I'd be the Sean Miller guy. But I would also hope that they go even bigger than that, Pat. And I won't, I guess I don't have a specific name for you right there, but Bruce Pearl type guys, you know, you don't know unless you gauge, unless you see. And I, I was hoping that they would bring out lots of money, tons of money. And maybe step this up to pay a, a men's basketball coach more than anybody else in the country because it's Ohio State. I don't know if they'll do it, but I wish they would try. And with Ross Bjork taking over, I would think that he would want to make a really, really big splash. Yep. This will be his first big hire. So first hire, probably. Uh, all right, Timmy, thank you. You know, I love talking hoops with you. So uh, appreciate you jumping on. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. All right, everybody. Hey, it's Friday. I'm, you know, I'm going to see another one of our great teams tonight. I'm going to the Jackets, oh, and I go. hear it's Margaritaville. It's Margaritaville night, so I got to have my wife bring me a Hawaiian shirt so I can wear it to the to nationwide. Yes, I could have. I could have brought you a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, I have a few, Pat. Oh, okay, All right. I have a few. All right. I saw Chops leave today. 
he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt over a Jackets jersey. Wow. Looked ridiculous and awesome yeah. at the same Sounds time. Ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Well, you have fun with that. Uh, I'm going to celebrate the start of the Columbus Crew season. So yeah, we'll go get it tomorrow. Different, different MLS Cup champs playing yeah. LAFC. Nope, playing Atlanta. Playing Atlanta. Atlanta. Close though. Logo looked looked similar when I was staring at the thing. They yeah. just beat LAFC to win the cup. There, there you, you go. go. You got it. All right. Thanks, Tim. All right. Thanks for Timmy Hall for jumping on. Uh, I like talking to Tim about pretty much any topic, but basketball, especially he is dialed in. Uh, I saw some few questions while we were, um, while we were talking throughout the show. So I'll answer those here now. And I apologize if some people had hopped off, hopefully you're able to listen back to this. Um, Jermaine H Runnels asked, does Hayden stay? Also Justin Fry, even though he got low and Carter has ties to Kelly, uh, down Hayden, you know, that's a good question. I mean, obviously the, the running back room got a little bit more crowded. Now, look, you, you lost Chip Tranum. Um, I think it kind of depends on what Dallin Hayden envisioned as his role this year. And, you know, down Hayden could have jumped in the transfer portal last off season too, right? Chose not to chose to stay. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. He seems like a guy who's pretty committed, but eventually you need to get those carries and, and, you know, maybe they've laid out a plan for him on here's how we're going to use Travion. Here's how we're going to use Quinchon. Here's how we're going to use you. You're going to be involved. And with the way they've talked about, you know, potentially 17 games a season, you really could need all those guys. You've needed down to down Hayden the last two years. So obviously he'd like to be more uh, involved there, but it's, it's tough to predict what Dallin Hayden will do. Um, Sue asked, Will Marv do his pro day here? Will CJ come back and throw to him? That would be fun. Um, second question first. I'm not sure if you can do that, honestly. I don't know if you can have a former guy who is currently a professional throw for that. I know like Cardell Jones has helped out before when Ohio State hasn't had a quarterback um, taking part, but I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm honestly not sure if, if that's allowed and – if it is, who knows what CJ is up to that time of year. Uh, I would imagine Marv would do his pro day here. I don't think anything's been announced. I actually joked with one of my friends. I saw a picture that um, Marv was with uh, Brian Schottenstein and Dave Chappelle at the Drake concert the other night. And like I've seen Marv, at very, he, was at, uh, he was at a men's basketball game. He was at a women's basketball game. He's been at various things around. Like, I'm not sure the guys left Columbus since they got back from uh, the Cotton Bowl. I'm sure he has, but it's just funny. Uh, it's po it's a positive thing. I think the fact that he wants to be around this program still so much. And, you know, Ryan Day said it, and I thought that was interesting, that that he gave uh, some consideration coming back. You know, I think with, like, C.J. Stroud a year ago, it was never going to happen. You have to go. You're going to be a top-five pick. But, you know, he, he didn't accomplish what he wanted to here on a team level, and I think he's really attached to this program. And so it's, it has been funny that he's been around as much as he has. I would assume he will do the pro day here. I've not heard anything, but I don't know why he wouldn't. Um, you know, even if you are a top five guy, I still think you go through that process. You know, maybe you don't do stuff at the combine, but I still think teams are going to want to see you in person. And so I would imagine that that is a yes. Um, and then Hunter Williams asked, does Ohio State have a specialist coach, kickers and punters? Uh, I think some people may have commented on this in the chat, uh, but just so, just to address it, the plan, as I understand it, is that Matt Guerrero will also have special teams involved along with working with the safeties. Um, Ryan Day intends to also be involved more than he has in the past with the special teams. And then there will be other coaches uh, be it full-time assistants, graduate assistants, whoever uh, that will also work in there. So it will be handled much more like it was when Urban Meyer was the head coach rather than how it's been done under Ryan Day where there's been a special teams coach. And frankly, I think that that's the better way to handle it. Um, you know, I know Parker Fleming did help out with some other things other than special teams, but I think you can work with those guys and and get that playing at a, a better level 
uh, without having a full-time guy employed. Just my opinion. Coaches do it different ways. In the NFL, there are special teams coaches, but you can, you know, the staffing is very different there. I think with only 10, it makes a lot of sense to do it the way that Urban Meyer did it and the way Ohio State's going to approach it now. All right, guys, that's another Bucknuts Happy Hour in the books. I appreciate anyone who tuned in live, the questions. I appreciate anyone who listens to this podcast after the fact. I hope you enjoyed it. I wanted to go through all those coaches. Uh, I was hoping to talk about a couple more of the transfers. I started that a couple weeks ago. We'll get to that. We still have time. Um, and we will we will uh, kind of roll through a few of those in, in the weeks to come. And then obviously trying to figure out this hoops team. It's complicated. It's, it's a weird one. Um, you know, I think right now you're just trying to get through the end of this season with as positive um, as a finish as possible. And then you see where Ohio state goes with, uh, with the coaching search, which should be interesting. So thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Bucknuts happy hour. Have a good weekend guys. Cheers. Go crew. All that. I will talk to you next week. Cheers. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.